So on the last episode, we kind of went over injury prevention a little bit and really just kind of trying to get your all's brains working and getting you all thinking about some things that you could do in order to prevent future injury and to kind of help yourselves out in that manner. I mentioned a little bit about uh, weightlifting and weight training some in the last episode, and I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into weight training as a whole. Weight training is an absolutely great tool to further your abilities to make you a better athlete all around and to make you a better baseball player. But there are some caveats to that. There are some things that you really don't want to do and some things that you need to do that are going to help you out uh, exponentially and really make you the athlete that you truly can be at the highest level that you possibly can be at. Now, weightlifting is a little taboo, or at least it used to be in regards to baseball. I know when I was coming through, especially for pitchers, it was, wasn't really frowned upon, but it was something that you almost kind of just steered clear of, stayed away from a little bit, focused more on flexibility, just for the f- simple fact that um, there was so much risk of injury involved. Now. It's changed a little bit. There have been um, more pushes to help baseball players in the way that they lift. And there's actually trainers now in baseball-specific training for athletes, which is amazing. And I'm glad that a lot more are doing that because the game it has become a very power-centric game from the pitcher's mound to the batter's box. Uh, speed and power dominate the game. And if you're not lifting, if you're not doing these things to improve yourself physically, then you will fall behind a little bit. So it's important to lift in some way. Now, as far as ages, when it comes to lifting, when it actually comes to lifting weights and building muscle mass and doing it properly, in my opinion, the best thing to do is wait until you're probably. Eighth grade to freshman before you start lifting. And when you start lifting, lift light, learn how to do it properly, learn the proper way to do each lift as opposed to jumping in there and seeing how much you can lift. You'll get a whole lot more out of your time in the gym by doing your lifts correctly than you do just getting in there and trying to throw up as much weight as you possibly can. That's where your injuries come from. And that's the most dangerous part. When it comes to lifting, find someone who can teach you, find someone that can show you the proper ways, proper methods, and somebody who can train you a little bit to get you moving in the right direction. It's great if you have the ability to hire a trainer or hire somebody to work with you that's going to help you progress and move forward, then that's an outstanding, it's an amazing tool that you can take advantage of. Not everybody has that has access to that. Not everybody has the ability to do that. So there are other avenues that you can take. And there are countless resources online 
that will help you figure out what you need to do in order to move forward with a weightlifting program, especially when it comes to a baseball specific type of program. There are a lot of things that are geared towards pitchers and there's a lot of uh, programs and exercises that are geared towards velocity and those are great. It's great to have some type of program that helps you build velocity and helps you reach your goals in that manner, but you have to have a basis in the gym and you have to understand how these things work and how to use the gym as a way to prevent injury as you do accelerate your velocity and you accelerate your throw in motion and you're creating all of these accelerations on your body in order to throw harder and to do things faster and to do things harder. So you have to utilize the gym in order to build muscle around that to prevent yourself from, from getting injured. Now, the best way to do this is to focus on decelerator muscles. When it comes to baseball, especially, we get really focused on acceleration, taking off quick out of the box, sprinting, hitting the ball hard, you know, getting that good, fast uh, bat speed through the zone, arm speed, your whip on the pitcher's mound, you know, that comes out with that velocity. There's a lot of things that we do to accelerate and there's a lot of things that we focus on in order to accelerate but what we forget a lot of times and especially young athletes that are really focused on hitting a certain number with their velocity or a certain power stat or increasing bat speed or increasing you know even run speed uh, young athletes that forget a lot about the deceleration that has to happen when you start accelerating those muscles and accelerating those actions. Now for pitchers, fielders, whatever it might be, when you start increasing arm strength and you start increasing the velocity that you're throwing at and you're, start, you're increasing your arm speed and all of those different things along with your mechanics, when you start increasing that, you have to build the shoulder up in order to allow it to decelerate. So when we're throwing a baseball, we take all of this time to wind up, build torque in the core, drive from the lower body. We have all of this motion that's accelerating this throw. And after the throw is made, we're relying a lot on our back and our shoulder to decelerate the arm. And that's what prevents injury. So if we're not working our shoulder properly and we're not doing the right exercises to stabilize our shoulder and to build deceleration muscles, then you're going to see shoulder injuries more frequently. That's where you're going to see labrum tears. You're going to see problems with rotator cuffs. And you're going to have, you know, kind of pain and soreness in your back a lot more because you don't have the proper deceleration muscle built to counteract the acceleration of the throw. Some great exercises for young athletes when it comes to building the shoulder and deceleration of the shoulder. We're going to focus a lot on the scaps, the muscles between the shoulder blades and the shoulders themselves, your lats, your delts, all of that. We're going to focus on all that entire area that kind of runs through there because that's what's going to decelerate the throw. And if you think about the way you move, an acceleration is anything moving away from your body. And a deceleration is going to be any exercise that moves towards your body. Now, some things to keep in mind when you do this. When we throw a baseball and we wind up, we throw overhand. 
So our acceleration is going to be a forward and down movement with the arm. And to build the muscles to counteract this action and to decelerate this action, a great one to do are anterior shoulder raises. And you can do these with bands. These are things that you can do at home. You can do with light weights, things like that. Shoulder exercises, I like to look at it as technique over weight. If you're doing it correctly, you don't have to have a lot of weight to build a good, uh, good amount of muscle to build those deceleration muscles. And bands are great for this because they create resistance and they're not a stable force. You know, you kind of have a little bit of wobble when you're using a band. And with bands especially, it not only helps to build those deceleration muscles as you're working against and kind of working in reverse of your throw, but it also builds stabilization and it helps build the muscle around your shoulder and your rotator cuff. It helps to build those muscles to make those even stronger. So you have anterior shoulder raises, and with those, you can do them seated, you can do them standing. It's kind of up to you. But you'll want your chest up with good posture, and you'll have your hands together and thumbs pointed up. And you'll move your arms towards the sky and end with your hands as high as possible while keeping your shoulder blades together. So you're going to pinch your shoulders together, which activates your scaps. You're going to pinch those together, and you're going to take straight arm, your hands to the sky with your thumbs up. And the band is going to cause you, force you to kind of stabilize as you move up. And then that slow, repeated motion is going to, what's going to build the muscle that's needed to slow down and decelerate that throw. Another good one, and this is to build that scat muscle that we're pinching with the uh, anterior shoulder raises, are lateral scat pinches. Now, I prefer to do these standing because it helps with your posture. It helps you make it helps to make you mindful of your body and where your body's at. And and with this, it's the same thing. We're going to start with good posture, chest up, and we're going to be using a band with this as well. And we're going to start with our arms out in front of us with our pinkies touching and our thumbs pointed in the opposite direction of our pinkies, so our palms are to the sky. And we're going to try to keep our shoulder blades pinched. It's going to feel awkward the first time that you do this because you've got your arms extended out in front of you and you're trying to pinch your shoulders. But all this is really doing is it's forcing you to kind of keep your chest out and isolate your shoulders. You're going to move your arms, straight arms. You're going to move them out to the side and just keep trying to pinch those shoulder blades together the whole time. You're going to separate your hands as far as you can, keeping your elbows locked. And you're going to try not to hike your shoulders up. You want to try to keep your shoulders level and really focus on pinching that scapular muscle as much as you can. Another good one for um, your shoulders and that stabilization and that shoulder strength are going to be what are known as serratus push-ups. And these are a little bit different. So for these, you're going to need to find a wall. And this is really going to help build a stronger base uh, for, of support for your shoulders. And what you're going to do is you're going to find a wall and you're going to extend your arms and palms flat against the wall like you would in a regular push-up. But in this, you're going to lock your elbows and you're going to squeeze your shoulder blades together and then you're going to push up. The whole time, you're keeping your, your elbows locked. And the purpose of this, again, is isolating the shoulder. 
We don't want to engage the chest here because we're trying to focus on the shoulder, pinching that scap, and really focus on the stabilization of those shoulders and using our shoulders to push us back from the wall after we've pinched our scaps together. There are a lot of band exercises that are absolutely outstanding, that are great for shoulder stabilization. Um, a couple of other ones that are really good are internal and external rotation exercises. Now, with these, these help to improve kind of your confidence in forward-facing exercises, um, along with a better feel and range of motion in your shoulder. And it also helps with that stabilization as well. So what you do in these is you'll get some sort of spacer that kind of keeps your elbow from coming into your body and locking to your body. You can use uh, something small like a small pillow or something like that. Something that's not going to restrict your rotational movement, but it's going to help you to lock your elbow in place without tucking it into your body. And with these, and a rolled hand towel works really well too, just to help kind of keep that space between your ribs and your elbow. Now you'll want your arm at a 90 degree angle. So you'll be coming down from the shoulder straight down, 90 degrees straight out, and holding the band there. Now on an internal rotation, the band will be to the wall and coming to your body with your, if you're right-handed with your left shoulder away from the wall, and if you're left-handed with your right shoulder away from the wall. And I would do these um, for both shoulders. Like all of these exercises are great for working both shoulders, and you need to work each part of your body equally. So with these, you'll stand with one shoulder, whatever, or internal rotation, whatever shoulder that you're working at the moment for internal, You'll stand with that shoulder closest to the wall, holding your band with tension, and you will rotate in to your body, not letting your elbow flare out. The hand towel or whatever uses your spacer will kind of be your indicator there. If it falls, then you're letting your elbow flare out. And you will rotate in to the center of your body as far as you can, and you will rotate out as far as you can towards where the band is coming from. You want to keep tension on it, the whole time. You don't want it to get loose and have slack, but you also don't want it to be too tight. So you will rotate away as far as you can and then rotate back in as far as you can and you'll continue to do that. And on external, it's the same thing. You'll just turn and the shoulder that you're working will be facing away from the wall where the band is located and you'll be doing the same motion of rotating out and rotating back in. Now this this helps a lot in rotator cuff and especially if you've ever had injury with your rotator cuff or anything like that, or you have pain or discomfort, or just to avoid any type of rotator cuff injury, this will help strengthen that and to stabilize that. So all of these are good exercises to do that are going to help strengthen your shoulders, help strengthen some of those deceleration muscles, and just to build a good base and platform for your shoulders that are going to help you prevent some injury when it comes to throwing. This isn't as much in the way of strength training as much as this is base building to keep you from getting injured and to, or to help keep you from getting injured and just have a solid base for your strength training on top of it.
Now with these, what I like to do and what I like to suggest people do are to do usually three to four sets of 10. It's not a lot of weight. Do them slowly. Focus on good range of motion and focus on doing the exercise right. Keeping your core stabilized, not swaying with the band, not moving away or in, and keeping our arms as rigid as possible as we go through these in order to really isolate the shoulder and build and strengthen the base of those shoulders. Now, a lot of people, when they start getting into weightlifting, they think about Olympic lifting or bodybuilding. And the problem with bodybuilding is it doesn't focus on flexibility. It is focused on physique and building large muscles and really honing in on muscle groups to max them out to as much of a to max them out to their full potential. There are some positives to Olympic lifting when it comes to athletes, but for me personally, the positives don't outweigh the negatives when it comes to it. The positives kind of fall in your posterior and kinetic chain development because baseball requires uh, a lot of transfers of force beginning with the lower body and its, and its interaction with the ground. And this is done via the posterior chain activation, which is your hamstrings and your glutes and quadricep engagement. Now, the force that's transferred from the lower body to the torso and into the upper body for either batting or throwing or whatever it might be. Olympic lifts really hit your whole body and are ground-based exercises. And they can improve this kinetic chain mechanics that are necessary for these movements. And they can also improve your athletic power. Now, according to researchers, you know, it appears that Olympic style lifts have the most potential to affect power production. And these lifts stimulate neuromuscular adaptations, which may result in improved sports performance. And for this reason, um, a lot of coaches turn to the clean and uh, its pulling variations to improve general athletic power potentials. Now, having said this, if you're a position player, you can get away with some, uh, some more Olympic lifts, more so than pitchers can. And the reason for that are the dangers that are involved. The most uh, prevalent are shoulder and wrist injuries. Because these lifts can be a little bit violent and they can put so much pressure on joints like the wrists and the shoulders, there is a high risk of injury. And especially with pitchers, they're going to have a higher risk of rotator cuff injury and problems with the rotator cuff because they use it so much. They make the most throws, the, you know, pitchers and catchers make the most throws out of anybody on the field and pitchers especially because each throw is max effort. So pitchers should, in my opinion, stay away from Olympic lifts just because of the amount of pressure that they put on your wrists and your shoulders. And those are the two most important things that you use as a pitcher. Now, some exercises that are great for all baseball players 
These don't require a lot of weight. And you'll notice that a lot of times with uh, baseball, especially a lot of the exercises that you do, they don't require a lot of weight. And the reason behind this is though baseball is kind of a power sport, the power doesn't come from actual like muscle density and how much you can pick up doesn't really translate to the baseball field. You may be able to bench press 600 pounds which is a staggering amount. It's an outstanding feat to accomplish in the gym, but it's not necessarily going to transfer over to the baseball field. The reason being is a lot of the power that comes in baseball is more on speed. Your core is the most important part when it comes to baseball. Your ability to build torque and speed, how quickly you can get the bat through the zone, that speed is what's going to translate over. It's kinetic motion. The faster you can swing and make good solid contact, the harder you're going to hit. So being able to bench press or squat an outstanding amount in the gym isn't necessarily going to translate over to the baseball field if you don't have the core that you need and you don't have the elasticity that you need to build torque and really get those fast twitch muscle fibers activated to swing a bat as quickly as you can or have the arm speed that you need. Now, having said that, some of the exercises that are great for baseball players, and you'll see them at any level, and these are things that younger kids can do too to start to kind of learn about lifting and learn about muscle development and how to use their bodies and really how to control their body. Control of your body is incredibly important when it comes to baseball, especially for pitchers. You have to be able to control your body. Now, the TRX row is a great exercise for this. And the reason that I would prefer a TRX row uh, over a standard row is because you're standing and you are leaning away from your, you're leaning away from what you're pulling to. So you'll have straps with handles or whatever it might be that you're using to do this specific type of row, and you'll have your body leaned back at somewhere around a 45 degree angle. And the reason that I like this is because it forces you to engage your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, and just your core in general in order to keep your body in the proper position and to hold the correct posture. And when doing this, it forces you to isolate your shoulders. It forces you to isolate the muscles that are necessary to do a good and proper row. So as you lean back with this and you're going to pull yourself up like you would with a regular row, but you have to keep your body in the right position. You have to keep your body rigid and it really forces you to incorporate different muscle groups than you would if you're doing a standard seated row. Now, if you are going to do standard seated rows, which I have no problem with, they're great for building muscles and just your shoulder in general and building shoulder, shoulder strength. And it is a motion that is going to help to build deceleration muscles. But if you are going to do them, what I suggest is when doing a standard row, really focus on the movement itself and focus on controlling the weight. We don't want to be slinging the weight around. We want to focus on control of that weight and doing the exercise properly. Lat pulldowns are another one that are great to build uh, your lats and your shoulders. 
and with uh, lat pull downs, instead of using the large bar, what I prefer is to use a machine where you can isolate and do one shoulder at a time. And the reason that I like to isolate is because isolation and stabilization kind of go hand in hand. And when you do it a single arm at a time, you have to keep your posture a little bit more so. It's also not going to allow you to use your body and shift your body in order to pull the weight. If you're finding that you're having to use more of your body and you can't isolate and focus on your movement, then you're probably doing a little bit too much weight. And we want to focus on being nice controlled movements all the way through the exercise, keeping good posture and really focusing on the exercise at hand and doing the exercise properly. Squats are another great exercise, and but doing a squat properly is more important than the amount of weight. We want to make sure we have good posture and we're getting all the way down fully into that squat as far as we can. And if we're have tr having trouble doing that, then we probably have too much weight. There's nothing wrong with pushing yourself as far as weight goes, but when form starts to wane in favor of more weight, then back off the weight. It's more important and you will build more strength doing the exercise properly than trying to do as much weight. I keep saying it over and over and I keep emphasizing it, but it is absolutely important to do the exercises properly rather than push for more weight. Another great exercise that really kind of pushes the boundary between flexibility, stabilization, and weight control and body control are split squats, specifically rear foot elevated split squats. So in this, you'll be in your standard squat position, but you will have one leg behind you and elevated on a box or something of that nature. And this is going to force you to really focus on your hip flexor and your stabilization as you move down into the squat and come back up. And it's going to isolate a single leg at a time and it's going to force core stabilization. Again, we're working the core. We're focusing on the core to keep our posture and keep us stabilized as we move through this exercise. And then there's also lunge matrixes, which I highly suggest incorporating this with your squats and your split squats after you've done everything. And the reason for this is this is body weight based and it's going to work on some flexibility and it's really going to push you to do more than you really thought you could do. You'll get gassed and you'll run out of steam when doing regular squats because there's weight involved. With body weight, there's less risk of injury as you push yourself and this absolutely destroys your lower half. So with these, we're basically in the lunge matrix, we'll, you single out one leg to start, whether it's right or left, and you lunge forward, not as far as you can, but out far enough that you can get deep into that lunge, and then we will come back with that same leg, and then we'll go out at an angle away from our center point, come back, go out to the side from that center point, and come back go back in an angle from that center point, come back, and then go straight back from that center point, and then come back. And that would be one set, or one rep, excuse me. Now, with this, you can do this till failure. I wouldn't do this multiple times a week by no means, because it is going to absolutely destroy your lower half, especially after you've done squats, split squats, and things like that. So. 
this is a good one to do at the end before you do some cardio and you stretch. And you'll basically do this to the almost to the point of failure for each leg. Now, another good one is your traditional step up. So you'll have a box and you'll do a single leg step up and elevate the opposite knee as high as you can, step back down and repeat. Now, this helps with explosiveness. It helps to engage the glutes and the hamstrings and the quads and that explosive movement. So when you step up, whether you start with your right leg or your left leg, let's say you're starting with your right leg, you will step up with the right leg and then explode with the left, bringing the knee up to your chest or as high as you can and kind of tucking it in and then taking it back down to the ground, stepping off and then doing it again. So it's a slow movement with the step up to get good footing on the box and then explode with that other leg. Now, not only is this engaging your quad, hamstring, and glute with the leg that you're stepping up, but it's also engaging that hip flexor and getting that explosive drive that you need when you sprint. So this is great for as like a running exercise and to really build those muscles that you need for good explosive sprint speeds. Keeping on with the lower body, with your hamstrings, you can do eccentric Nordic hamstring curls. It sounds complicated, but it's really not. Now, what this is with it being an eccentric motion, this focuses on kind of the eccentric aspect of running. So what this is, is it's a motion where somebody, your partner, whoever you're lifting with, you're going to be kneeled on the ground with both knees and they're going to hold your feet and you're going to lean forward with your chest, trying to keep in good straight posture. You want to keep your chest out and your back straight as you lean forward. And what it's going to do is it's going to not only engage your glutes and your hamstrings, but it's also going to stretch them as we go. And this really hits on the eccentric phase of running where you see a lot of hamstring pulls. Our hamstrings get tight. A lot of the extra exercises that we do with like hamstring curls and things, they cause those muscles to get short and get those muscles tight. And when we run, when we extend, those muscles need to stretch. And this is going to help build a strong, flexible muscle in the hamstring. So it's a great exercise for pitchers to get that flexibility and still have that power that you need. And also for position players, when it comes to running and getting good bursts of speed and being able to take off in a dead sprint without having to worry as much about pulling a hamstring. Now, coming away from the lower body a little bit, we move towards the upper body. Everybody likes bench press. It's kind of a show-off kind of exercise, and there's nothing wrong with bench press. If you're going to use a bar, I honestly suggest a slight incline. Pitchers kind of need to be a little bit more leery of barbell, bench press, chest press, whatever, just due to the shoulder aspect of it. Position players can get away with it a little bit more, but if you are, I suggest doing something more on an incline so all of that pressure isn't going to your shoulders. It gets laid a little bit more evenly across your chest and even into your back a little bit. So if you're going to do a barbell bench press, personally, I would rather it be slightly elevated rather than flat 
just due to shoulder pressure. Now, the one that I will suggest to do, it's not as impressive looking, but doing one arm dumbbell chest press. And these can be done flat or they can do, be done as, at an incline. You're not going to do as much weight because we're focusing on shoulder stabilization and full range of motion. Now with this, you're going to have a dumbbell in each hand and you're going to do one arm at a time and you're going to try to get that full range of motion all the way down, keeping that shoulder stabilized, keeping the weight stabilized, come all the way down and then all the way back out. And we don't want to rush this exercise. We don't want to risk pulling something or causing injury. We want a nice controlled movement down and back up going through the full range of motion and do this on each arm. We also want to do this if you, if you want to activate your tricep more than your chest, you can alternate these in your sets and you can do one set with, with your arm at 90 degrees and controlling that weight as it goes down and comes back up. And then to activate your tricep, you'll tuck your elbow in and your thumb will be pointed towards your face and you'll come straight down controlling that weight and straight back up. This will isolate a little bit more of the shoulder and the tricep more so than the standard bench will. Flies are another good one, but with flies, we don't want to focus on the weight. We want to focus on posture and range of motion. Range of motion is key in all exercises, especially if you're an athlete. So if we're going to do flies, I would suggest cable flies because it's a little more controlled and there's a little bit more stabilization. So with these, we're going to have our arms out to the side and we're going to pull to the front and you can do single arm flies or you can do them at the same time. Now with these, we want to keep our body as still as possible, maintaining posture, good full range of motion all the way back and extension out to the front and then all the way back again. The whole time we're controlling the weight, we're maintaining stabilization of the shoulder and of the weight and focusing on a full range of motion. Then we get to the core and the core is the most important part of your body when it comes to baseball. This is where all of your torque is built in throwing and hitting, whatever it might be. This is where your power really lies in the flexibility and strength of your core. Planks are great for this. I'm sure everybody knows what a plank is. If you don't, you can Google image it and they'll show you exactly what it is. What I like to do is alternate planks. I like to do a standard plank with both arms on the ground and I like to do side planks. And I usually do one set of standard, one set of each side, rest. And I like to move straight into it just to hit those muscles as much as I can before I rest. If you can only do 15 seconds at first, that's fine. Do 15 seconds and then the next week shoot for 18 seconds or 20 seconds. Each time try to push yourself more and more and really develop those core muscles because that's going to be the driving force in all of your power when it comes to hitting and throwing. Another great one that involves a little bit of weight are called hitters put. And these are used with medicine balls. So with these you'll have a weighted medicine ball 
and you're basically going to pivot at the waist. You're going to keep your legs locked in an athletic position. You're going to pivot your upper body at your waist, build as much torque as you can. Now, when I talk about torque and building that torque, when you turn, you should feel that pressure kind of go through your core a little bit. It should feel a little bit uncomfortable as you wind into that throw with the ball. You'll turn, you'll feel those muscles get tight and start to engage, and you're going to turn and turn until those muscles are fully engaged, and it almost feels like you're going to get a charley horse, and then you explode with the throw with that ball. Now, you can do these in kind of a shot put manner where you hold the ball high and turn and do it, and you can also do it with the ball extended and turn with your arms extended with the ball in your hands, and you turn and you kind of throw the ball that way. I suggest either doing this with a partner or doing it at a concrete or brick wall. And the key for this is the explosion of power. You're building that torque as you turn, and then you're exploding with the core. You're not slinging it with your arms, you're using your core to drive that throw. And you'll feel it when you do it correctly. Do it easy at first, Focus on really using that core and engaging that core to make that throw. And as you get more comfortable with the feeling and how it should be done, you can incorporate more speed and more power behind it and start to increase the weight of the medicine ball a little bit. And this is going to help you a lot in the batter's box. As you gear up for that hit, the ball's coming in, and you go to hit, the hips will fire, you'll build that torque, and the upper body will explode through with your core. And the same thing with pitching. As you go to make your delivery and you extend out and that foot plants and the hips explode and you build the torque in the core and then you explode with that throw. So this is going to help not only develop your core, but it's also going to help develop that strength and the strength that's needed for velocity and power at the plate. Now with all of this, and it's a lot of information and it's not everything, this is not absolutely everything that you can do in order to build your strength. It's not everything that you can do, but it is a good starting point of somewhere to really begin your journey of uh, strength training for baseball. Another thing that you want to focus on a lot, especially if you're a position player and as a pitcher, are exercises that are going to, they're exercises that are gonna really focus and work on your agility. Now, agility leads to speed, and speed leads right into power and velocity. So we want to focus a lot on agility drills. And ladders are great. You know, anything that causes and it requires good focus, core stability, and good footwork, do agility drills. You can find agility drills all day long. And you can find um, equipment that is going to help you with all of these different agility drills as well. You can find it online. All you have to do is search agility drills and you can find it all day long. These are great, especially for position players, but also for pitchers as well. It is a great, well-rounded type of thing for baseball players to do. And like I said, this isn't everything. This is just a kind of jumping off point to get started and things to think about when you get into a weight room and you start really working on strength and conditioning when it comes to baseball. And don't forget about flexibility. 
especially when you start strength training, you need to focus even harder on your flexibility because flexibility is the most important key to preventing injury. So focus a lot on your flexibility and stretching. So your flexibility and your stretching combined with your strength strength training and conditioning is what's going to make you an outstanding baseball player as opposed to a mediocre baseball player. So take it, run with it, learn as much as you can, and keep in mind, once you start lifting, you're not lifting for show, you're lifting for results, you're lifting for your sport. And because you're lifting for your sport, you always have to be mindful of the risk of injury. So before you do an exercise, whether it be a new exercise or an exercise that you've done in the past, think of it as what is this exercise going to help me do on the baseball field? How is this exercise going to be transferred to the baseball field? If you think in that mindset, it's going to help you tremendously when it comes to the weight room and it's going to keep you from doing things that either aren't going to transfer to the baseball field or are going to increase your risk of injury. So run with it, learn as much as you can. If you have the ability to and you have the resources available to find a trainer that specializes in it, I highly suggest it, especially if you're just starting. If you can get a trainer or even somebody, you know, another player who may be more advanced than you, if you're high school, if you can find a college player or something that will work with you and help you kind of guide you through this process, take advantage of it. Anytime there's a resource available, if you are serious about your career in baseball and you're serious about moving forward in the game of baseball, take advantage of every resource that you have available. So I hope you guys learned a little bit from this and I hope this, guy, this helps you guys out a little bit as you start on the journey of strength and conditioning. And I will catch you all next time.